going. Gone. There we go. Yo, Be People Podcast, episode 60. Me and Flux. What's up, Flux? What's going on, man? Chilling. Just drinking like a huge helping of Starbucks. Well, it's actually not Starbucks, but it's in the Starbucks cup, so that's what's up. I think I got the right link here. I'm trying to I'm trying to grab the link so that I can share it around. Um it doesn't look like it's live on the link that I'm at, but it's the one that popped up, so that's kind of weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's weird. It should be the right one, though. Here um, you go. I got it. Oh, do you have it? It's the one I sent. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for it to go live so that I could mute it as soon as it comes up. But uh, Okay, cool. So if we get some feedback, I'll just know that it's going live over there, and, and then I'll hurry up and mute it. But uh, yeah, man, it's... This is that weird uh, COVID-19, you know, strange apocalyptic world that we're living in now. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got here, but I'm glad I got gear. Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, my wife is pretty much a homebody. Like, she's she's not the type to go out to clubs or, like, do really all that, up, you know that much Mm -hmm. stuff and both and all three of my kids for the most part tend to stay stay inside a good bit um you know they they're not out and about all that often um but uh they're the ones going crazy and i'm like totally fine i'm like yo honestly like let me just stay inside as much as possible because i got this (laughs) that's what i'm saying you know, I'm, I'm like, saying. yo, the more time that I can spend in here without having to formulate any kind of excuses for being in here, <laughs> I'm A-okay with, you know? That's what's up. It's like, where else we're going to go, you know? Um, yeah, so my life is about balancing Netflix and chill and studio work. The good thing is that I'm getting some um, pretty dope sample packs prepped and out the door, so... <clears throat> That actually uh, is a cool thing. So, you know, that plus I can't I can't sit and watch the news, man. It's, it's only so much of that kind of stuff you could do. Hold on, I want to I want to show folks this uh, sample pack. Something strange is going on with the feed, man, because it's not. Is it? Yeah, it's not popping up. Because um, I'm on I'm on the YouTube uh, link and I am not seeing it. Really? Because I clicked on it, and it was good. Really? Yeah. Send it to me in the private chat because, yeah, I'm, okay. not, I'm not seeing it. And unless there's, like, a duplicate stream, which there might be uh, something, yeah, because this one's not live yet. It's just sitting there. Matter of fact, I'll close out my YouTube, and then I'll open up another one. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. Here you go. Um... It comes up as set reminder, but uh, it's not actually up there. That's weird. Like I can comment in the live chat, but it's not. It's not live. That's weird. Let me toss that link that you just sent me in here. Oh, and that's in there. So yeah, there's there's some kind of weird duplicate thing in my in my Facebook feed. That's really strange. Really? Um, let me, cool. uh, let me use this. 
View on Facebook. There we go. Hmm. That's really odd. Anyway. So, I'll grab this link and cool. share it around. So, yeah, we're getting a couple people joining. Yo, bear with us as we uh, kind of get together. We're going to have some good conversation with y'all and, uh, you know, get this going. Yeah, so... Um couple of things that uh, I wanted to talk to you about before we really get into the show is, um, you know, uh, emergency preparations and, and what sort of foods you've stocked your house with. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious as to like, so so when you were like, okay, we got to make a, uh, a run to the grocery store and, and be prepared because we might not be able to get back there for a little while. What was like some of the main things that you went and grabbed? <laughs> Uh, lots of chicken and fish, um, ground turkey, and trying to think along the lines of meal preps. We got a lot of uh, sandwich meat and stuff, so we could have sandwiches. And well, I know you don't eat red meat. Does does no one in your house eat red meat, or is that just oh, you? they do? Um, but they don't eat it as often if they have to cook it. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if we're eating out, there's burgers and steaks for everybody else. Uh, or whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, my wife probably bought some um, some steaks. That makes me want to throw something on the grill. So that's another thing. You know what I mean? We could throw some stuff on the grill. And uh, there's only so much room in the refrigerator at, at some point. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. could freeze up a bunch of stuff. But I'm not old school in the fact that, you know, like my grandmother had one of those deep freezers. It looked like a coffin. <laughs> just yeah. stop on everything and throw everything in there. I kind of wish I had one of those right now. So we used to have, well, technically we have one at our old house, um, but we haven't brought that over to the new house yet. So I was just thinking about it because, you know, for the longest time, you know, and people that have been following this show know, for the longest time, my studio was in what is now my cold storage area for my food. Mm -hmm. So um, we're just now kind of setting that pantry back up into being a pantry uh, now that I have my actual studio back. Um, and yeah, I got to get that freezer over, man, because there's only so many bags of chicken wings that I can put in my, in my freezer, man. And like, it's, <laughs> but that's all you eat though. <laughs> yeah. Like for the most part, um, it's, it's been, you know, I stocked up on as many bags of chicken wings as I possibly could. And the scary thing is, is like, it, I feel like I'm just going fast through them faster because I have them. So I'm <laughs> like, I can't ration. Like I try and I'm like, all right, so I'll, here. Eat, I gotta I'll go eat with 13 these. instead of 18 this time. <laughs> and that's my, that's my idea of rationing. Um, what you got up here? Uh, hold on. Oh, it went. Yep, I see. Okay, it. cool. Yeah, uh, we could we could finish up. I'm just gonna talk to the, talk about this for a sec. Yeah. Yo, so actually had fun with this joint, and I'm gonna pull the the drum machine that I use. It's a behemoth. Yo, look how big that joint is. Vermona so, DRM. Yep, the DRM, and this is the MK3. Some mm -hmm. people may be familiar with it. So this one has the triggers on the back and um, all these different instruments. What is it? Uh, eight instruments on it. 
and it's a powerhouse, incredibly powerful analog drum machine. Um, actually, it's on loan to me from from uh, Traversi. Uh, Traversi, and you know, some of y'all may be familiar for, with Traversi. She's been on the show a few times. She's fam, and uh, I was I was I had linked up with her so we can go through some force stuff because she just got a force a little while back, and. Um, I told her like, yeah, while I'm over there, I'm gonna sample up the, that that DRM one. So we did that, and <clears throat> we got so deep into what we were doing as far as the force goes that I didn't get much sampling done. So she was like, yo, take it with you, and I'll, I'll bring it back, you know, next time or whatever it is. Didn't know we was gonna be on lockdown, so this joint just here. So I'll be sampling some more of it and using it. But what I did is something I haven't done before. I created a sample pack with 32 uh, buttons, with 32 pads layout, 32 pad layout. Uh, if you're your MPC user or, or force user, it's a uh, bank A and B. But what I did is I've made uh, four layers on each pad. So it's a sample pack of 128 sounds, wave files. And so I ran this analog drum thing, drum machine through a few pedals and kind of created some some real cool sounds. And this this pack has like a lot of diversity, I think. So that's the idea of the artwork is kind of layers, right? So if you peel back the layers, you get that drum machine back there. But what it does is it it goes through, it cycles through each of the layers as you uh, play the beat. So it kind of gives you a little bit of variance. Kind of like when you think of a drummer, a drummer's playing and he's hitting different parts of the drum every time. So you may hear nuances that you wouldn't really hear if it's just static on and off. So I did that like this. And it's actually a pretty cool pack. Um, it's available on on uh, Beat People right now for 1999. It's volume one. And then, so I got this other thing. <laughs> I like this. I like this one so much that I'm probably going to do another sample pack of the DRM one, just kind of vanilla, nothing special, just straight up vanilla of, of how the thing actually sounds uh, rather than processing through anything. And then I'm going to do one that's a layers part two, uh, volume two, where it's going to be digital drums. And I'm going to use a couple of digital drum machines. It's, that should be fun, though. So Yeah, man, I've heard nothing but good things about the uh, Ver Vermona DRM. I think one of the first people that I knew that had had it was Mads Lindgren from, uh, he works over at Ableton now. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I remember him raving about that thing. And uh, he had been raving about it for a while. And then finally he got one and I was like, yeah, I'm still jealous. <laughs> so one of these days, I feel like that's one of the few drum machines on, on my list of drum machines that I still really kind of want. Um, so I'm glad to see that you got on with it and, uh, yeah, it's pretty dope with it for people to use. Cause it, it from what I hear, it's really flexible too. So for, for, uh, for a fixed architecture drum machine like that, it's supposed to be pretty, uh, flexible. It is. It's real flexible, man. And I, I gotta say, I mean, I've heard a lot of analog drum machines and drum modules, and there's a few that I really like, uh, like I think. I think WMD does an incredible job with their drum modules. Um, and I probably, obviously, I haven't heard every single drum module, but in terms of this drum machine, this joint has a really cool sound. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was messing with it, my daughter came in, I was just making some sort of demo drum patterns, and she was like, hey, that reminds me of Britney Spears, Slave. 
and I, uh, she played it, and I was like, oh, it does kind of have some of those sounds. I mean, but that was Neptunes back in the day. And then my wife came in, she was like, yo, that reminds me of Climax from the 80s. And I was like, oh, the meeting in the ladies' room. Like, it's just funny. It kind of has this sort of never-ending classic sort of vibe to it. It doesn't really sound old. It doesn't, it, you know what I'm saying? It just has a good sound to it. Yeah, and it's, it's nice um, and round and kind of warm. And uh, you can you can uh, you can track the MIDI from each knob and everything too, which is pretty dope. That's that's yeah. the other thing is like it's a it's a full on analog drum machine, but um, with it it doesn't have a sequencer in it though, right? Um, no, it doesn't have a but, sequencer. But everything sends MIDI on it, so you can actually you know you can really sequence that thing a lot deeper than a lot of other gear that's out there. So yeah, so you got your MIDI here, you got your stereo out, so then you got triggers for each each instrument. Then you have actual outputs over here for yeah. each instrument. So yeah, it's a it's a monstrous machine, and the MIDI out on it, yeah, everything is kind of configurable and sequenceable. So, but it's, it's huge. interesting that it doesn't really have the um, it doesn't really have the same aesthetic look as the other Vermona stuff. Uh, like uh, I, I've got a bunch of the Euro Vermona Eurorack modules, and um, if you look at like their their uh, what is it the fourteen their synth um mm -hmm. yep. like that stuff is all uh kind of vintagey looking right well it's also like really high-end build quality like yeah, it truly is I can agree with so that. nicely uh like for instance i really like the sound of the mfb stuff mm -hmm. but i feel the exact opposite about their build quality like if you've ever felt like the tans bar um like it doesn't feel like it's built like like it's very like kind of empty and hollow feeling and, and that sort of thing. Whereas the Vermona stuff all feels like, feels like you could shoot it and it'd be fine. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they got other, quite a few other, like just instruments in general, but I'm interested now to hear everything. Like, you know, that's, that's the way it is. All it takes is one joint to make you curious. And then you want to check out all of the stuff that they make. And they seem to make some really cool stuff. So, um, you want to talk a little bit about, um, my current conundrum of, uh, gear sales. <laughs> oh yeah. I just wanted to throw this up on the screen. That's yeah. The yeah. That thing is mentioned. gorgeous, man. It really is. I and it, you can tell it has really a different look. Recently. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's jump into that, man. Like, okay. So there's a lot of talk going on, especially within the crew about the force. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say a few things cause, uh, I don't know, like, um, for one, I don't know what all is official and whatnot. And I, and I certainly don't want to, um, trip on any kind of NDAs or anything. I'm fortunately not under any, but I would assume that you might be. So I, yeah, I, I don't want to do that, but there was a leak online that showed, um, a picture of what appears to be a live MK2, um, which, from everything that I've seen, it seems to be the same internals um, as the as the live. So no no processor upgrade, no RAM upgrade, none of that stuff. But what it does add is CV, a internal speaker, which you know I, I've seen a lot of people kind of deriding that. But I, I like stuff with speakers in it just because I like to sit on the couch and annoy my wife. But um, and and a wrist rest, which I thought the wrist rest is kind of an odd choice on that thing. That's 
on something that's meant to be so portable. Mm-hmm. But um, the the main thing for me was the CV. So it has the same CV included as what's on the Force and what's on the um, uh, the the MPC One, and I and similar to the X, except the X it's not stereo jacks, right? That is the X individual jacks. It's individual jacks on the X. There's eight of them. Okay, yeah. So, so this just—it's the same amount of outs as the X, except they put them on stereo jacks. On the MPC so that one, you, you yeah. need to have a splitter cable, um, yeah. which is really not a big deal. So, for me, someone who uses a lot of modular gear, I'm like, oh, well, the only things that I personally wanted out of a live that it didn't have is it would have been cool to have the CV. Um, wasn't really a deal breaker because I have a lot of MIDI to CV modules and that sort of thing. But there are certain things that the MPC, you know, can do now, and I hope it goes deeper in the future as far as CV is concerned. Um, but, you know, there are certain things like clocking, I, I imagine, would be easier if I had the CV, that sort of thing. Um, so um, there was that, and the other thing that I really wish the Live had was scribble strips for the Q-Link knobs. Uh, so... I'm uh I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know what? I'm not using my live a ton right now. Um like I use it here and there, but I don't use it a lot. I primarily use it to make expansions and that kind of thing and do a little bit of sampling here and there. But I've got, you know, I've got machine, I've got older MPC, I've got uh Ableton Live with push, you know, I've got all these other methods of, of working in that way. I could sell mine now and then uh, eventually when the new one comes out, I can get that and, you know, we'll see how I like it. The, uh, it looks like it's not going to be out for a little while, at least from everything that I've seen. It looks like maybe not until like end of summer and with the COVID-19 situation and the way it might affect the economy, who knows, that might even be even longer than that. It might take a, a good long while for it to come out. Yeah, I wouldn't be but surprised the point if being the whole is thing that it got me delays thinking. everything. It got me thinking about the fact that I'm not using my live all that much um, in relation to my other gear. But I've been really curious about the Force. Mm -hmm. And the more I started looking at the Force, I was like, well, the Force has the CV that I wanted. It's essentially an MPC inside of it. It might work slightly different, but it's basically, it's extremely similar to the MPC. Um, And it's got the scribble strips for the Mm -hmm. knobs. So those were the like key factors. The the battery is nice to have, but um, yeah. So I think that's what I'm doing right now is I'm gonna sell my live and cop a force because I'm just curious about that workflow. I want to see if that workflow interests me at all. Um, and I've been watching what you're doing on the force as well, and and you seem to be getting along with it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that you're using your force now and not your MPCX. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. So, why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're not using your MPC X comparatively to to the Force at the moment? <clears throat> you know, I think at the core of it, yo, it comes down to it's just quick. Like it's it's quick for me to capture audio and keep it moving. Um, Joe actually has a really dope workaround on the MPC. So the thing is. Uh, I think Joe and I use the looper on the MPCX very similarly, where I'll sequence stuff with MIDI, and then from there I'll uh, drop it to a pad. But then I have to, you know, uh, 
throw it into the sequence at one, right? Um, Joe figured out a template where as soon as he drops it to the pad, it's automatically in the sequence, right? He has a program set up that'll kind of do that. Um, but you know what I just found? It, it, it just seemed like it was more steps to do that kind of stuff. Whereas on, so here's the thing. <clears throat> For all intents and purposes, most of the stuff on uh, on the force is a lot like, it's pretty much like the, um, the, the MPC line. Right, so you got the same sort of program stuff, and it has a very familiar sort of uh, fill inside the menus and windows and stuff. Same plugins, same effects, and all that stuff. Uh, but then it just has this clip launcher layout that I think makes it easier. One, I can capture audio to clips much easier and much quicker, and keep on moving through the process of composing um, without uh, extra steps. And I think more than more than that even, so it's the quickness, but more than that even is I've been figuring out or trying to figure out for the last couple of years, like how would I wanna perform out when I start performing these beats out and how dynamic could they be uh, if I'm just going through sequences. And I got good at you know performing with mute groups and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know, it was just, it seemed more comfortable when I got the force to just be able to fly clips in and out um to to launch scenes and then two on top of that with the way i work with with a little skiff like this uh oh well it's all tied down hold on i'm opening this up so the way i work with a little bitty skiff like this <clears throat> it makes it so much easier to just uh, uh kind of combine pre-existing sort of mod bap or hip-hop uh sequences with you know, something that's more improvisational like this. So I'm actually doing Eurorack stuff on the fly with sequences as well. And then I'm also doing uh, live arrangements. And it's just so much easier because you literally have, with a scene and with clip launcher, you literally have everything laid out right in front of you with this 64 pad layout. So I don't know, I think uh, while I didn't necessarily get along with push, I got along a lot better with the force because it just seemed to make things quick and easy for me. And it pushed my ass out the door to perform live. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of, it did those two things for me. The, the quickness and the performing live is kind of unparalleled. Yeah, one of the um, one of the main things that I've been looking at, um, so I like to do a lot of finger drumming and, and live performance aspects of triggering things off and that sort of thing and dynamically tapping things in so one of the things that had kind of worried me was how the pads were and then i saw a video today where they uh somebody had like an mpd plugged directly usb right into it and was doing their finger drumming stuff on the mpd you know with the force you know all standalone so that that kind of like that got me excited right there because i was like oh okay well i can use something like an MPD or something to, to, to that sort of, uh, mentality, uh, which is nice. Cause I, I like 16 pad layout for finger drumming. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about with that is that crossfader, um, and being Whoa. able to do things like crossfade from, from one, uh, one beat to another and, and one pattern to another. Now, I don't think you can load like separate projects up and, and then crossfade between them at this point yet. But I think you can crossfade between um, scenes, tracks. right? You can like crossfade between tracks. Um, 
and you can crossfade between other sort of parameters and stuff. Uh, you can map stuff to it and do different stuff. So it's a, it's a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like all of that is cool, but I'm interested about the, when you say the 16 pad layout, like they, uh, um, hold on, let me throw this up there. So when you say the 16 pad layout, I mean, you could have the 16 pad layout here if, if I don't tear my stuff up trying to lift it up, right? That's basically bank A. Um, well, yeah, but this is more like specifically for um, like if you want a finger drum on it, um, then you're not limited to the, the smaller uh, pad and you're hopefully like depending on how the MPD works. I haven't used the newer MPDs, um, but hopefully the dynamic sensitivity of them is is really nice as well, which um, my experience, uh, push two is not terrible, but it's also definitely not the best compared uh, to some of the other, like my, my favorite still machine MK2 as far as um, dynamic response when you're finger drumming. Um, but uh, and MPC Live is no slouch either. Honestly, like the pads on it are really good. So I'd be it, interested to hear from you what you think about these pads because I think they're more sensitive. And even actually, it says it on a car site that they're more sensitive than the average MPC pad. Um, but the difference is they're smaller. But I'd be interested to see. I don't think. I think you'll obviously be aware that they're smaller, but I don't think it'll be any kind of hindrance. You may find that like, yo, this is just fine. It's totally nowhere near some of these other machines with pads on them that we've criticized before, like the Riddle. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, some of that stuff is just crazy, even with the Riddle MK2 being better than it used to be. So uh, uh, just, I'm gonna, this is like super self plug. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me sh i'm gonna screen share this real quick um so just to give guys an, a, an idea like if you're in the market boom there's my mpc live up on reverb right now Word. um and i priced mine i think mine's like the cheapest one up on reverb which is funny because like i have the box and everything like it's it's yeah and i still it still has the the screen on it and everything like it's primarily been used for um creating expansions the other thing about that is that um and really i'm just trying to sell it so i can get a force like you know which are going for pretty close to the same price um so if anybody wants to trade straight up for a force i'll do that too but anyway um the uh the thing is is about like yeah the the finger drumming aspect of it on um on push you can you have to set it up like it's kind of a like yeah you got to set it up but you can set it up to where all 64 pads are drum pads right but generally speaking when you just you know if you don't have that template laid out it's that square 16 right there mm -hmm. um for me i'm like yeah i want all my pads to be drum pads like that so i can just go to town on it when i'm finger drumming um but Push 2, for example, um, a great way to check the sensitivity between something like Push 2 versus something like Machine or MPC Live. If you take a drumstick, right, and you let the, the drumstick, you know, bounce off of it and just kind of flam on it, you won't get those those triggers. Those ghost notes won't happen on a Push 2, but they will happen on a Live and on Machine, right? Um, when I'm finger drumming, 
uh, I do a lot of that sort of thing with my fingers, um, like where I'll I'll tap it and I and I'll get these kind of double triggers and whatnot. Um, so if the force can't do that, hopefully one of the MIDI controllers that I can plug into it will be able to do that. Sounds like you're. Are you getting them? Are mm-hmm. are they triggering? I can't tell if I'm hearing your stick or if I'm hearing the samples. Yeah, you probably hearing a little bit of both, but it's triggering. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to do. I should have routed this a little differently so we could. Well, hurt. either way, so, so you're saying that that on the on the on like the third and fourth bounce, it, it's still triggering the sample. Yep. Okay, because yeah, that's um, that's one of the the things for me that uh, when I'm finger drumming, like I, I like to do a lot of very light touch notes. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, so Jordan Thorne is saying that he's giving away free 808 samples today. I want to explain why we have that pinned up here. Um, So Jordan Thorne is not just some buster on the internet who's like talking about, you know, stolen 808s or anything like that. (laughs) Like He's actually a trustworthy source. So that's Bullyfinger. And I I recommend you check him out. You can check him out on Splice and on his, uh, on Bullyfinger.com on on his website. He actually does create sounds and he's not stealing people's sounds and that sort of thing. So um, I'm just saying that because the way it's worded on there, if it was just about anybody else, you would think, oh, really? Like... (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, and actually, to tell you the truth, not only is he a trustworthy source, but he's actually an advocate for you know people who create dope sounds, and an advocate, uh, or probably he's one an of asshole. Others, he's yeah, an asshole. He's an asshole, but he's probably one of the loudest voices <laughs> against pirating sounds that people take time to to uh, create themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and the other thing is, he just makes real dope sounds. So. Uh, Some of them are pretty good. Down like like the rest of us. Go ahead and check out uh, Bullyfinger at Bullyfinger on Instagram. He's also really good at um, doing like um, hand percussion porn. Like he just takes pictures of all his <laughs> hand percussion stuff laid across. Yeah, you the should carpet. follow him. It's pretty dope. Uh, so yeah, he, he likes to show the gear that he's that he's sampling, which I encourage more. Uh, sound designers to do that kind of stuff because a lot of y'all are suspect Mm -hmm. you know putting out a lot of sample packs and we don't see a touch of like actual acoustic gear or (laughs) a touch of anything touch of anything that you actually claim you're putting out yourself so yeah yeah um yeah but as far as the 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 force is concerned i'm i'm just interested in giving it a shot i actually really like the mpc live like i really like it so me selling it uh, like you know me I don't sell pretty much anything my whole mindset is like eh, I'm probably gonna buy another one like uh but I want to try out this different workflow and see if it works for me but I really like the MPC live so I'm a little bit worried about selling it but at the same time it's like I got this bug in my head where I'm like okay I got I just got to give myself a, a chance at trying this other workflow and see how I like it plus um, it'll be interesting to create some expansions using that format, um, which apparently they should be cross compatible. Uh, they are. MPC expansions and force expansions uh, are cross compatible. So I'll yeah, still be able to do that. it's but basically it's, the same. You know what I mean? It's not even like cross compatible. It's just the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the same. Well, you were showing you were showing how you had your your samples laid out all the way across, like eight all the way across. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. the NPC is not going to do that, though, right? Yeah, that's true. But you know the way the sixty four pad layout on the force is is basically a quadrant. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, you're, so you're, it would be the next bank at, over. Yeah, that's it. It's gotcha. it's like from uh the the bottom A B then back over to the top C D. Those are the yeah. banks. Bank and a, that's B. that's how I would want it to be. Like yeah. honestly, that's that I like that. So uh, I'm I'm interested in it. I hope they do some interesting things with that crossfader cuz like when I look at the crossfader, I start thinking of things like, man, I want to be able to like have like a primary beat and a secondary beat and like crossfade in between them, not just not just scenes or tracks yeah, or whatever, yeah. but I want to be able to go between, like, I want to have two projects and be able to load them up as long as they fit in the RAM mm-hmm. and just be able to boom, boom, you know, so if I'm doing a live set, I can do that. Man, that, that was would, always, um, that would take my live performances to a whole other place. Um, yeah, that was always, that was always hard for me with um, Machine and with MPC and all, like, whenever I would perform out live like that, I would have to bring two, you know, yeah. um, and yeah. I'd be running double or double instances and that sort of thing, um, which running two instances of Machine on your computer was kind of a pain, um, and, it, and it wasn't super, super seamless, um, but, I mean, I, I made it work, but I didn't, I didn't love the implementation of it. So, you know what I liked the idea initially when I was going to start performing last year. I liked the idea of performing with the X and the Force. And as I started thinking about that, although it might look dope and might come off dope, yo, who's wants to carry all that stuff around, man? I don't carry all that stuff around. As it is, when I go out, I got a, a Eurorack joint with me, my four four and the Force, and that's my setup. But that's a lot of stuff. So imagine if I had another machine, but it would be really dope. What I had to do was change the way I approach creating projects on the force, not just about a couple beats and be done. Like I literally have gotten into the mindset when I'm on a project on the force, I'm making about 10 tracks minimum on that one project and try to vary it enough that I can perform that project in a show with my Eurorack and kind of create a whole sort of mod that show. Um, but it would be real dope, like you said, if you could have two projects loaded up in RAM or even on the card and they could stream that. That would be real dope where you can flip back and forth. Yep. Love that idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Um last night I did a tribute stream to to my buddy, uh Gary Gnu, Gary Nolan, who passed away on Sunday. Uh condolences. And, um, thank you. Uh, so, so what I was doing is I was loading beats up that we had all kind of done together and that our crew had done back in the day on the NPC. And, um, yeah, I kind of had to do that very reminiscent to a lot of the old school stuff that we used to do, which, you know, back when we used to do shows, it was bring a turntable and bring your NPC. And while the NPC was slowly loading, which the 2000 Excel, <laughs> like it, yeah. Yeah, some of those beats, man, they they would take a few minutes, man. They do. It, they take five minutes to load a beat. Um, and yeah, so I, you got to play a track and then you got to be loading and all. But it'd be really nice if if you could just have two things up inside of your force at once. and zoom, zoom, zoom. Plus you could do some really... I can think of like so many... I'd like to see some of the, like the Octatrack functionality of the crossfader in there as well. Yeah, know? that would be dope. That would be dope because I, I see uh, I see a few people getting busy with the crossfader on the Octatrack. Um, Shiro being one of them. I mean, he has his performance effects and everything 
uh, strapped to that crossfader on the Octatrack, and he's making magic with them joints. It's real dope the way he's performing with it. I'd love to be able to do that kind of stuff. Imagine if the XY effects would map to the crossfader on, on the force or stuff like that. That's just crazy. It's real dope. I'll say another thing that uh, I thought was kind of weird, and, and this this goes back to like just okay, I'm, I don't really like it when people point out what people say on the internet because, man, it's like okay, you can find anything on the internet. You can find the most impressively stupid people on the internet. But this was something that like I I saw for a while, and it was just like all over the place, and I didn't really see much point to it, but. Uh, the force, I think when it first came out, it was like 1300 bucks and then it dropped down to a thousand and people were all speculating, Oh, it's not selling well. So they're going to drop it. They're going to drop it. And I'm like, it's still not old. And it basically runs on the same platform as the MPC. I don't see them dropping support for that anytime soon. I don't um, like that. That just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I did see in, so I joined the force Facebook group. Um, because I'm trying to learn about it before I get one, and I did see that uh, they had Akai had let go of like one of their main force um, users, and uh, I, I don't know what you would call him. I guess he was a product specialist and then some. Yeah. But uh, Nick is it? How do you pronounce his last name? You know? I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but Nick, Nick is he's the dude. He's the dude that's been in all of the sort of force videos for all the updates and he yeah and he was in the video when we when we went to nam ali yeah. was like yelling at him <laughs> yeah he was the guy Ali was yelling at <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah. right and but, you know, uh, for those that saw the initial videos this time last year when the force dropped say february march last year he was the guy that was introducing it all over the place to all of whether it was sweetwater or guitar center all the different places he was a guy demoing it um so yeah and i think that that is legitimately more just like a sign of like the current crisis that we're in, you know, and not so much like dropping support of force or anything like that. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to check it out. I really do hope that it gets fleshed out more. Cause I, I see it more as like a, it's got potential, but it's not quite where I think it could be at. Um, that would be, uh, you know, that could be something it, it could be really cool. Like if they really implement a lot of those features that we're talking about now, like if that stuff could happen, then I feel like it would be, you know, a really interesting device for a lot of different producers because you see things like Octatrack uh, primarily getting, you know, there's a few hip hop guys using Octatrack, but primarily it's used in the electronic music, like sure. dance scene and that sort of thing. Um, you do see people like smashing up like arm and breaks and stuff on it, but it's it's usually done at like crazy high BPMs and all that sort of thing. I feel like Akai reaches a slightly different market. Um, like their their advertising network and and the people that they appeal to tends to be a little bit different. Um, so it it could be interesting to see these sorts of workflows kind of combine with the the more Akai's you know uh, ordinary workflow. Um, and see how the hip hop crowd adopts to it, you know, and see see how other producers start using those same sorts of techniques. You see it with like the uh, with the popularity of the four hundred four. Which what's really interesting about that is like that was always kind of like this undercurrent for many many years. Like I can remember back when like 
back when like Mad Lib first came out, and I don't mean like um, Alcoholics Days came out, but I mean like when when like Quasimodo first dropped and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, it was like, oh, like he's using the three hundred three, and like you know, yeah, he, he's using a SP three hundred three, this, that, and the third, and like yeah, there was twelve hundred going on as well, but like people people were aware of it back then, you know, and it was it was kind of like this little subculture inside of 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 the hip hop producers that were like, oh, well, there's also this little box, and I knew that um, a bunch of my friends were were rocking SP eight hundred eight and SP eight hundred eight EX, yeah, um, which are goofy boxes like they have like a multi-track recorder built into them um and there was like the the what was it the yamaha sampler and, and a few other like weird ones the uh what was what was the dance music one the mc909 yeah MC so there was like the mc909 um but for the most part, like by and large, the hip hop producers were all in like three main pieces of gear, and that was like you know the SP twelve hundred, the MPCs, you know, regardless of which model, and um, the ASR, and it was like that was it, you mm-hmm. know, until like FL Studio came on the on the market, yeah, then you and, and then the you know that, that got a big, yeah. yeah. But I mean, for the most part, for the longest time. The vast, vast majority of everybody that I knew was uh, you either had an ASR, an MPC, or SP, you know? And then there was, like, this subculture of people who, you know... And most of the people who had, like, an SP-404 or uh, 303 at the time uh, or 808, most of those people had something else also. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, most of them didn't have just just the one, you know? It was like, oh, yeah, I have this, but I use it with my... Most of those people were DJs, and they had it with the turntables, you know? Right, right. But those techniques that were used with that, it was, you could instantly tell, like, okay, this person's not on an MPC, because it didn't sound like an MPC beat. It, it had, totally it had, does not sound like an MPC. The the 404 has a sound of its own even before you use the effects. And yeah, and I'm not even just talking. I'm not even just talking about like the sound of the circuitry. I'm talking about the sound as far as like how you chop samples and so, how you arranged. Like yep. very, very different. You know, very, very. And you know, so here's the thing that I think about the force, and I don't, I don't know uh, what I experienced with the five thousand when I had the five thousand was, you know, the five thousand took shots. Man, the 5,000 took shots. I mean, it was a weird time in drum machine land. Machine ruled all. MV 8800s had just come out and went out of production at the same damn time. It seemed like. <laughs> and the 5,000 dropped and, and then piece the Akai was in a weird space where uh, Native Instruments had kind of taken all of its users. <laughs> and and, and uh, you, we were still standing around with you know, stuff like 2500s and, you know, some of us still had 2000s, 2000 Excels, a lot of 1000s were out there, then the 5000 dropped and it, the first, the first uh, OS was super lacking and, and they had to update the OS. The OS 2.0 was much better and it was stable and that's at least pretty stable. That's when I got the, the MPC 5000 for a Christmas present from my wife and Yo, that joint was dope to me. It had a synth built in. You could do audio tracks. And, you know, there were some things that were a little weird, but I don't know. It worked out for me. But guess what happened? 
as soon as they stopped making that joint and it was just all available aftermarket, all of a sudden everybody had a MPC 5000. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know, you know, for me, I don't I don't think that Akai is in a in a place where they're gonna stop production or stop, you know, developing the, the force. And I don't have any extra information about that. I just that's my gut feeling. I don't think that they're gonna this thing is just starting to come alive, right? Uh, but I also think because it's so such a dope standalone machine, if they stopped tomorrow, this thing will still be the stuff of legend as time goes on. I think in the years to come, people are gonna look at the force like, yo, I don't know if we was ready. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'll tell you, I still feel like a lot of this stuff is all kind of just a continuation of what the MV8000 was doing. And, and also, to some extent, hate on as much as you want, to some extent, the Beat Thang. Mm -hmm. um, those two products were really pioneers and, and were doing things that... Um, you know, a lot of us were really wishing would get done and, you know, but they were on platforms that a lot of people just weren't willing to jump to. And, um, there, there was also, I can remember, man, I remember it was like, like it was yesterday. Cause I remember being in a position where I felt like I had taken the 2000 XL as far as I could go with it. And I, and like, I wanted, there were th things that I wanted to do that it just wasn't able to do. And I was looking hard at like what, what my next choice was going to be. And I was looking at the the eight thousand, which I don't even know if the eighty eight hundred had dropped yet. Um, cool. And I was waiting for the five thousand to drop because I knew that they were coming with something as an answer. Um, which we've done a whole show talking about the five thousand slash MPC thirty five hundred. But when that dropped, I was disappointed in what it was. I was like, "This isn't really what I was trying to see," and I, I really wanted the eight thousand. But then Machine came out, and Machine did not do everything that it needed to do. But my mindset was like, "Yeah, but it's it's an open computer platform. They can add everything in, blah blah blah." So that's why I jumped to that. But really, in hardware form, mm -hmm. everybody's still kind of chasing what the eight thousand did. You know, like having multi-track yep. recording built in, yep. having a, a synthesizer built, built in, in. Yep. having uh, the ability to share presets built in, mm. you know, being able to do real-time time stretching built in and track tempo to it. like. And the, the fact that at that point, they were, uh, it wasn't like they had a software companion for it, yeah. but you could plug in a monitor and a keyboard, yeah. a monitor and a mouse. You could throw a screen on it so that you could have that something that's more familiar to the way you're working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something that just kind of gives you a lot more feedback. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, you, you, you hit a good point. The 8,000 or the 8,800, whichever one, and the beat thing. Like, I wonder do people notice the similarities? And I'm not even saying that, you know, similarities like, yo, they took this from that. I'm, I'm saying, like, if you look at the beat thing, there were things that hadn't been done before that is commonplace now. <laughs> and the beat thing, if you recall, like was really a response to the woes that were going on with Akai at the time. Because the whole reason why that thing really happened was because the 1000 was in such a bad place, uh, in such a bad position because of the whole JJOS thing, which, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, they Akai had lost its developer. Akai wasn't able to develop, to really properly develop the firmware further without that guy. Um, and they were stuck. 
so a lot of people wanted the 1000 to, to do all these other things, myself included, because like I had a bunch of friends with the 1000. I moved from the 2000 XL over to a 1000 and I was like, oh, I can't work with this because you didn't even have envelopes per pad, like per, per sample on it. And I was like, no. Yeah. Uh, and this is before JJOS came out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it was, this was kind of like the response and people were like, man, I really wish this thing was battery powered. And there were people trying to battery power it. And, mm -hmm. and when the beat thing made a lot of missteps as far as how they went about their business and everything. But man, that, that actual device, like the hardware of it and what it was and everything was so forward thinking, had like the ASR, uh, ASRX style, uh, pad layout, had the mod wheel on it and everything. Yep, yep. <clears throat> there was some things that they were doing that was just so far ahead of what other people were thinking about. And it had the software component, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if you remember, but they actually had a VST yep. and you could pair the two together and, you know. And uh, it was next level, and and they had this whole ecosystem of of um uh, sample packs. Yeah, I did one. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm I saying? did an official expansion for that so, thing. Like, when you think about that with the battery and all, man. I mean, that's that was that was next level. And and uh, was it a crossfader or knob? What was it? You well, they it, they had a knob on there, and then they they also had uh the the mod stuff on there. But yeah. So when you think about that and then you go and you think about what we have today in the market, that stuff is like commonplace now. Like it's it's actually, as a matter of fact, I, I tell people all the time, people uh, are like, yo, why doesn't the MPC one have a battery? And I'm like, but yo, the MPC live is the first MPC to ever have anything like that. So if you think about it, not having a battery is actually commonplace for an MPC. It's just that yeah. live did something that was, you know, Break and I think the, the one is really geared for, for something way different. Um, yeah, exactly. in, in, in a way similar to what the 1000 was geared at, which is a very low uh, entry price. And, um, you know, it's portable and it's cheap, you know. So, so yeah, I think I still think the one is a, is a really dope product. I like oh, I think no. it's smart. Um, and it comes in at a price for a standalone that costs what native instruments controller calls right you know so yeah. that's i mean that's crazy right there but uh i was telling my brother-in-law about the uh the one <clears throat> just because um you know he's into making beats and it's a standalone thing you don't need a computer for at that price point you know what i'm saying so if you think about it, you get FL Studio and say there's no reason to knock the one to be honest yeah, with you. Like no I, I saw I saw some people saying saying ridiculous things like oh it doesn't have the the SSD drive blah 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 man you don't need the SSD drive you throw a USB uh, stick into that thing and you're fine like you don't need a hard drive in that thing period like yep. yeah so I don't know I think that that thing's actually really dope and um. Kind of makes me consider picking up one of those, like, after I get a Force, like, after I get rid of my Live, get a Force, I might get the one instead of um, another MPC Live, or I might get another MPC Live, because I do like having the battery. I, I Like, I'm that kind of quirky guy who likes to just sit out on the front yard and, and make beats, and really, at this point, not even so much making beats, but using that time to arrange samples, like, chop break beats up, and... Um, slice things and arrange my groups like while I'm supposed to be paying attention to my family. <laughs> while you're supposed to be paying attention. <laughs> well, yo, I'll tell you this. I'm actually uh let me 
I don't know if you could hear that. I can't, but let me. I don't do hear some. nothing. Okay, give me a second. I'm going to show you something. You don't know what you're doing. There. Okay, hold on. Now I'm going to share this so you can see this because I thought this was a dope video and I can't remember who shared it with me. Um, and I'm not familiar with the guy's channel that has this uh, here. But I thought it was really dope. So. What does that say? NPC one. Uh, battery review lasts 10 hours continuously. Yeah. So MPC one battery review lasts 10 hours continuously. So he's going to hold this up. That's how yeah, long. He's yeah. Been I think running. I saw it looks like he had it like Velcroed or something to the side of it. Yeah. I, but I don't know if it's Velcroed. Like in a second, you're going to see him. You're going to shake the crap out of it uh, because okay. it doesn't come loose. If it was Velcro, it wouldn't be like that. Now, I mean, it's a little awkward the way it's. I don't know. I've got I've got industrial Velcro that I use in my studio, and you could shake the crap out of anything with that stuff on, and it doesn't go anywhere. So but I'll regardless. tell you. You and I were talking earlier today about. Okay, so there it is. I want to pause right there so you can kind of get a look at it. Okay. Um. It looks like he has it stuck on there with something. Yeah, it looks like he got it stuck on there with something, and you know, okay. I think. This turns the MPC one into something really cool like that, right? Like, you know, think about this. I mean, it's a dope size. Uh, if you could get around the idea that it has the the little bump on the side of it as the battery, but I can't trip, yo. That I think this is pretty dope. And he has the link to uh, here. I'll put the link to it. He's got the link to the battery and all. So, so I'll say a couple of things about that. One. I personally like the form factor of the MPC one more um, because it, it'll fit in your in a laptop bag better. Um, mm -hmm. So I like the form factor of it more. The major downside to me about the one more than anything else is it has less outputs. Um, it, I think it only has a stereo out on it, yeah. which isn't a deal breaker because if you have a laptop, you link it to the software and then you track out through the software and you're fine. Like it, it's not going to actually be an issue for you. Um, like if, if you're working in a studio fashion, you can still certainly link to um, a computer and then get full tracking out and, and exporting stems and all that good stuff. It's not like you can't do that. Um, at the price point, like exactly what he's showing and everything, to me, that's like that's a win-win. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Think about that. How much is this battery? I, he had a link to it. The battery is twenty twenty six dollars, so less than thirty dollars um, for this. That's battery. really cheap for a battery like this. Lithium ion battery pack, <clears throat> USB chargeable, and yeah, it's probably for some sort of camera or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't read the thing, but yeah, when you think about something like that, that's a pretty viable uh, solution. You know what I mean? It, it turns that into uh, something. I mean, for people that are saying like, yo, I like the one, but I wish it had a battery. That's the next best thing. I'll tell I'll you what, can you, uh, do you have the link for the, for the battery? Yeah. Can yeah. you throw that in the private chat here and I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick and I'll just look at the specs of it and I'll tell you if I think it's a proper battery. Um, yeah. Cause some of that stuff can be, uh, 
you have to be careful with batteries when you're buying batteries to be honest with you yeah. um some of that stuff can be really really suspect online um i don't i don't trust every battery that you buy uh i can't blame you there what does he got uh all right 7.4 volts i thought it required more than that I need to see the power spec of the, of the one then, because that's saying 7.4 volts. I thought the one was uh, same power requirements as the live, which I'm guessing not if, if he's uh, doing it with 7.4 volts. Um, hmm. It says it can go up to 9 volt. It'll do 12 volt. Seeing in some of the comment threads here, people are talking about you can get it to do 12 volt. So, yeah, I need to know what the one... Let me look that up. Power supply, 19 volts DC. Yeah, so I'm not sure what he's got going on there. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a little suspect. <laughs> I have to watch the video. I have to watch the video on that. Yeah. But, I mean, there's probably the options, up. right? So, <clears throat> I think... Um, I like the one ultimately and i like the idea that you know you could find some because even if that doesn't work and i don't have it near me there's other battery packs that will work just fine even with just mm -hmm. a plug on it uh but it's not probably not going to be something you could just mount to the side of it you know what i mean um but yeah yeah that's dope yo i want to talk about this this pedal just because i probably shouldn't because some things are better left kind of like secret. What's that? <laughs> but I want to talk about this pedal just because I just kind of dig the idea of small boutique guitar pedals that you could use in the studio with other stuff. And this is a a, a pedal I've been checking out for, I've been watching for the a video little while. Echo. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this Demodash. I don't know how to say this. It sounds kind That's of familiar to me. I feel like I heard about it, but... Uh... I've brought it up before in our private chats and like on Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's the thing. Like one, I love the design that the dude does. Um, uh, so if you look at it, it really looks like an old videotape. And it's so videotape sort of echo tape delay. Uh, it's 220 standard but the deluxe adds like a stereo spread output and um where's the thing uh soft switching echo trails secondary foot switch enabling swells of echo repeats uh swell function can be used even in bypass mode it got the stereo spread output via trs output jack that's the deluxe otherwise it's just a, a typical mono in mono out sort of uh echo pedal um, but what's dope about it is because the design is pretty dope. Yeah, but it can do a TRS stereo out too, which is nice because yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I I would definitely want stereo. Right, right. And so here's kind of what the what the stuff is. It's an intensity knob, obviously a time knob, uh, echo. The echo mixes the wet and dry signal, so it's a wet dry. Uh, tape quality raises or lowers the bandwidth of the recording. At low settings, each repeat echo becomes more degraded than the last. Uh, you get your speed, 
and you know the other typical stuff have you heard it i've heard it on guitar and i like what i hear um it sounds just it, it basically is a tape delay that can sound degraded and in a good way though and yeah. i like it it's it's actually pretty dope one of these days i'm gonna grab this but you know Can i see what the max max uh delay time one that is uh let's see i can't really read it from the um from the yeah i'll, I'll look at. for it here let's see what it's, what the specs are uh doesn't say but here's the oh one point setting this at maximum will give approximately 1.5 seconds of delay time okay yeah um, minimum allows you to use the depth and speed controls to dial in the chorus effect. So um, the other thing about this that I find to be tripped out is that I, I think this dude has his supply and demand so on point. You know, it's one guy. It's, it's a small kind of boutique pedal guy. And the wait list, the current wait list time is over a year. No, thank you. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> let, me, let me say something about that real quick, man. I'm just going. I'm going to lay it out there right now. No, you. No, I've you lost immediately <laughs> because I've been on. I've been on so many wait lists for different pieces of gear where it takes that long. And no, like I, I won't do it. Like I won't tie up the, the money. I won't tie up the mentality. No, there's a lot of other stuff out there that does somewhat similar stuff to that. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and that's it, not to diss the dude, but man, I don't have a more if, if that's your situation, please don't email me asking for a more accurate estimate. I mean, uh, and, and then he says, for right now, there's a wait list con concession. Um, as of March 21st, 2020, I will no longer be taking any wait list applications. I will continue to make uh, T120s and reach out to those on the wait list, but we'll begin selling units in a first come, first serve manner. Man, look, I would rather you just build up a bunch of stock and release them in batches, you know? Yeah, yeah there it is. Hey, I got them on the 20th, and if by the first it's sold out, you got to wait for the next batch, right? Yeah, so, like, I follow, um, there, there's another, like, kind of boutique guy. Uh, like, I follow Dig Dug, uh, Dig Dug DIY, mm -hmm. um, and he makes a lot of, like, kind of quirky, weird stuff. Um, he, is but, he the one who makes the baby heads? I don't think he does any of that, but he does do like he does like the lo-fi dream and okay, yeah, yeah, rain, yeah. Um, you know, the little lo-fi compressor and stuff. But uh yeah, like he he his stuff isn't always in stock, but when it is, it's it's like he makes it in a batch and then and then he puts it out and it's like you just gotta follow him and so when it goes out you grab it. Mm -hmm. I just uh yeah, for me, I'm not I'm not with it, man. I'm really not. And there's so many good delay pedals out there now that, you know, no offense to, to that at all. Like, there's just so many good things out there. Mm -hmm. um, I still want that The pedal. stuff that Chase Bliss is doing. Uh, where, like, if he happens, because I'm on the wait list, because I'm like, hey, that's dope pedal. Sure you are. Whenever he calls, I might be like, okay, what's the loop looking like? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll be that. Bit. There are certain things that that I've been on wait lists and, and had a really great experience with mm -hmm. like ER 301, for example, like that, that wait list was fine. It was like, it, it gave you a, okay, well, it's going to be like three months. And then yeah. it ended up being yeah. a little bit shorter than that, but he was very up to date with his updates and saying like, okay, look, I've got a batch that's going out at this time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm that's just not. I love the way you responded, man. I'll probably listen to this podcast just to hear your reaction. To that. <laughs>
What's the wait time? One year? No, thank you. No, nope. <laughs> not, not having it. I will. So I'm going to ask you about another pedal though. You've got that the new auto the auto bit. Yes. So why don't you why don't you tell me how you've been getting on with that thing? Yeah, this no, is by oh, Maris, right? Yeah, it's by Maris. That thing has me like hungry. I, I kind of want that. Yeah, yo, this this joint is crazy. Hold on, I'm gonna uh, do this right quick so people can really get an idea. So yeah, this is basically the the Maris Autobit Junior, and it is a. a bit reduction sort of pedal, but with a filter and kind of filter and bit reduction sequencing and um, stuttering and, and glitch repeating and stuff like that. Um, it's an all around really dope pedal. And it actually is partly what I use to, to help make, it's one of the pedals that I use to help make uh, the new um, layers sample kit that I just threw up there. So layers is actually running through a uh, couple pedals, this being one of them, so taking an analog drum, drum machine through this. And what's a trip is that it has this stutter section uh, that's similar to almost like a 404 sort of beat repeat, okay. but it's more random. And then it has a sequencer there, and then you could, you could combine the stutter section and its multiples by the sequencer. Uh, you could play a sequencer at 1x, 2x, 4x, 8x, or infinity. So it's got like inbuilt patterns. Yeah. It's, That's yeah. kind of like the, uh, the scooper. That's like the scooper that Roland did. Yeah. And then on top of that, you got another knob that's called uh, the sequencer molt. So then you can multiply what the sequencer is doing. Um, and so, yeah, you can flip it from either pitch sequencing or filter sequencing. So you can get like really crazy stuff out of this. Um, and and I gotta say, shout out to uh, to my man uh, Ricky Tinez. Uh, run into him at all the SoCal Simp Society stuff, and since we're both in Southern California, I run into him at like Perfect Circuit when there's events and stuff. And I happen to be uh, watching one of his videos after we saw each other at uh, Perfect Circuit's um, what is this thing Model Cycles event? Okay. And I happened to watch his video and he was messing with the Maris Auto Bit Jr. And I ordered it immediately. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just dope. And what's funny is Bryce was like, so I'm curious to see why you would order that if you have stuff that has overlap. And I think it does those things a little differently than anything else. That's uh, the thing about, about bit crush and sample rate reduction, though. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you can have stuff that does that already. But it's kind of like filters, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like they all tend to do them in different ways and they all kind of have a different vibe about them. Yeah, um, like one of the ones that I, I use a ton right now is, so this is the syntax error from Alexander. Um, so let's see if I can, I have it plugged in so I yeah. can't lift it too far. But uh, yeah, I use this thing a ton. And this one, like I've got a bunch of other sample rate reducers and whatnot, but this one is crazy weird like it does it does a lot more than just radical. that um yeah. it does like echoes and it does choruses and it does um this weird cube thing and like all this other stuff but what, what, it, what do you mean cube thing what's that it's wacky man um, <laughs> it's, it's um and it has usb on the back too so basically the, have you ever tried cocaine because so, <laughs> i'm about <laughs> to get you hooked. <laughs> so uh so yeah, I'll uh let me see if I can't give you an example real quick. 
Because um, it's, it's one of those things where, again, like, some of these effects, the game is to be shown, not to be told. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, so, let me see where I'm at with this. I got to see what the routing is right now. Oh, you know something else while you're doing that. I'm just going to tell people out there, when y'all buy pedals and stuff, if you're a synth beat maker kind of dude, you're probably not going to have a pedal board. So I always like to tell people, if you're buying pedals, you should go on Amazon and buy these little plastic sort of feet, right? You can you can get a pack of, say, 12 or 16 of these for a little bit of nothing, like under $10, maybe $5 or something. Because something like this comes... The bottom was as smooth as the side of it. These these mm -hmm. were not on there. So I put this on there. Yeah, this I, one's smooth. Right? And and if you're a tabletop sort of dude with scents and drum machines, it's like a lot of people, the pedals are made to be put on pedal boards or on the floor on carpet or whatever it is that they're going to put it on. And it may not be that big of a problem because it's going to be strapped or something. But if just a, a, a pro tip for you guys, get these, these here feet. Uh, my um so so the reason why I don't use a pedal board is because I'm constantly moving my pedals around so I don't like to keep everything locked in but at Nam we saw some really cool pedal boards um, yes. if, if you recall <laughs> like there was a there was a bunch there there were like three different ones that we were all like man like each one of these is really really dope yep. um so let me just see if I can show you an example of this real quick um uh, let me see if I'm getting some sound hold on let me know if this is coming through Yep. Well, it was. Oh, you've ruined it, Fluxerator. Is it coming through now? Yep. Yep. It is. Okay, so here we go. So now uh, I'm gonna try to do this. Oh my god, I've got it chained to a um, to an analog uh, delay pedal as well. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm gonna try to hold it up, but my cables are short right here. So um, let's see if I can do this. So this is basically I got the analog rhythm is what the, what's playing right now. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'll do is uh, let me put this thing into cube mode. And you can do uh, so, like sample rates here. Mm. And what's really crazy about this is that um, every knob movement that you do on this is um, kind of slewed in okay. a musical way. So, like for instance, I'm going to switch modes here for a second. And this is the ring mod mode, right? And watch what happens when I move something quick, right? Mm. Mm. It has a, a like a fade almost. It's like it fades in and out. It's on a weird curve almost too. And uh, so hold on, here's the frequency shift.
And then uh, this is the um, stretch mode. And this one's really crazy, so. Wait for it. Hold on. Oh. It's almost doing granular weird. So it'll do like real time time stretching and, and all kinds of weird stuff. And yeah, you could just really mangle stuff with it. It's it's just a wacky, weird pedal that does sample rate reduction, bit reduction, and then it does like these all kinds of weird stuff. Um I just wanted to show this. I feel like J dude from J JHS. <laughs> the way he throws the <laughs> Uh, so somebody wanted to ask the question, what's a good analog chorus? And this is it. Whether or not, he said he misses his Juno chorus. This ain't necessarily that. You but, know what? I'm going to yeah, put people on to a secret, to a little secret sauce. Uh, let me see if I can find the pedal real quick. I got it right. I guess like all my pedals are kind of like strewn about right now because why wouldn't they be? Okay. <laughs> this pedal right here is going to cause all the, uh, all the boutique guys to lose their mind and be like, no, we hate you flux. But if you're a sound design guy, if you're a synth nerd, if you're somebody who likes to do, uh, whatever the hell you want and not worry about what other people say, and you like to get a crazy deal, this pedal, little bit noisy, worth it. Uh, vin the vintage pedals were crazy noisy, so I really don't want to hear it when you talk about noise. This thing right here, right, mm -hmm. is an analog chorus pedal. It's all analog, and uh, yeah, it is made by, if I recall, um, what's, the, what's the crappy version of Fender? Um, Starcaster. It's a Fender Starcaster. So it's like their super budget brand. Mm -hmm. um, you can get these things for like 20 bucks. Like, no lie. You can get these things used for like 20 bucks. Um, a good friend of mine put me onto it. And I got to tell you, uh, it's actually really good. Like, it sounds great. It sounds kind of like a vintage chorus pedal. Um, oh. And... Uh, no, not Stratocaster, Starcaster. Starcaster is like Fender's like Bobo brand version of stuff. It's uh, they can do stuff super super cheap, you know. Um, That's gonna be my new my new pedal board. But yeah, like they're so cheap that you can get multiple of these uh, in case one breaks or whatever. You throw it at your kid or whatever. Um, but it yeah, they they sound. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll plug it up right now. Why not? Why not? This is America. We can do these sorts of things. Uh, let's see. What kind of effects does the peak have in it? The summit. Uh, I'm sure it's got pretty dope effects. Somebody's asking if the summit would be a dope as an effects processor. I think it would. I just have to remember what kind of effects is that. I think I remember enjoying the reverb and delay in that joint. Give me a second. Let me see if I have this set up right. I don't know if I have this plug going the right way. Come on. Come on. I'm 
probably gonna look like a fool because I don't have this thing hooked up right. I think I might need to. Come on. On board, so why you doing that to address the person that wants to know if so the effects on the summit are reverb, chorus, the oh. Oh. America, GA, <laughs> way distracted with the uh, they're also controlled directly from the front panel, uh, available modulation targets, uh, and the dedicated effects mod matrix. So it's got a, a reverb, chorus, and delay effects. And I remember being pretty infects, uh, impressed with the peak effects. So I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use it. It should have an input backup for common signal to be processed. So yeah, that should work out. I will confirm about the back part inputs though. Let's see. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to use this right now. I don't think I have it set up right because of this power supply but whatever i'll have to show it some other time anyway uh they're not hard to find you can find them all over the place but like i said they're they're i mean it's a solid metal body but you know it is a super budget brand pedal um you know it, it just but it's all you know it's that basic analog vintage analog uh chorus circuit so it's not like anything there's nothing in it that's fancy you know what i mean it doesn't need to be fancy and it's uh, by starcaster though well, it's called Starcaster is like their sub brand, but yeah, um, I have to crack it open and see what chips are inside of it. Um, oh, I mean, not do that. Um, I have to crack it open to see what chips are inside of there. I might even do that right now because I'm curious uh, and ridiculous. Um, plug this thing back in before I forget. Uh, I do recommend this um, way huge. I recommend every single one of their pedals. They're all great. Um, I absolutely love Way Huge's pedals. Um, and a lot of them you can open up. Um, you can open them up and there'll be like little dip switches in there and, and trim pots that you can adjust and, and make them how you want them. So I'll give you a, a for instance of how this thing sounds. Ooh, damn. So Ken, what's funny is that I think if this were a year ago or so, that thing would not be hard to find, but it's not anywhere. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I wow. see I see them aftermarket for like fifty dollars, more than twice the price that they originally were. So they may have been gone out of uh, out of um, circulation. I'm just Mr. Mopin's Eve is a Starcaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, like yeah, it looks like about forty dollars on eBay. There's one going for $132, so it looks like people are starting to kind of catch on to them. Mm -hmm. so maybe they're maybe they're worth a bit more now. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's how things go sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing one. And I wanna I wanna call some attention to something that you know. Yo, I'm putting you up on something right now, people out there who asked about some good chorus pedals. Uh, this is a good vibrato chorus pedal, and it's kind of geared towards giving you a specific sound, reminiscent of vinyl, and it's called Warped Vinyl. Oh, yeah. And this is an incredible pedal. It's a, a vibrato and chorus effect, but because of the way it's put together, it gives you, like, you can really simulate the, the idea of, like, a vinyl effect. Um, it's just a real dope pedal. So if you're looking for a chorus and a cool with having a vibrato too, this is like one of the best ones you can get 
and I've always liked this MXR, uh, oh yeah, this MXR analog chorus too. So, you know, there's a couple chorus pedals for those that were asking. Yeah, their stuff is, um, man, it's also dope. Like them, uh, and, uh, so like Chase Bliss and who's the other guys I'm thinking of? Uh, Empress and, Man, there's just so many real dope, yep. there's so many good uh pedal. small pedal companies now that are just like doing really cool things, um like and, and not just churning out clone pedals and stuff anymore. So I, I love that stuff. Uh Chase Bliss and so that that this is a Chase Bliss pedal. The Warp Zivix. Zivix is another one. Zivix is another and yo oh, Death by Audio. My Retro pedal. Mechanical Labs. Where my pedals at? Yeah, lots of really do. Here, I'm, I'll play. I'll play what this uh, way huge sounds like real quick. And I actually modified this one. This one. This one's got CV on it. Um, I modified it so that I can turn CV on and off on it. Yeah, so it's just yeah, a it's a dope little pedal, man. I, I I love that thing. Um, and their their fuzz pedal is actually my favorite. Um, my favorite fuzz fuzz pedal. Period. The the swollen pickle MK two. Mm -hmm. That thing just sounds amazing on drums. Like yeah, like not a lot of fuzz pedals sound great on drums, but that thing, psh, it goes. You know what I wish I would have kept, yo, the. So I reviewed the full suite of Moog. Uh, what are they? The yeah, they, they had the small, the smaller pedals, the cheaper ones. Yeah, I don't know if they they, they were not Moog fugers, but maybe they were mini. They were like mini fugers or something. Yeah, I had the entire suite for review, and I those videos are up on YouTube. And um, you know, they were offering me industry, you know, deals on them. But at the time, I was like, nah, I don't got that anyway. <laughs> and, and I sent them back and those that's something that I remember sending back to the company that I regret it later because they sounded great and I don't think you can find they had like an overdrive or something that sounded really nice they had an overdrive that sounded good and they had a boost and they were different pedal yeah. they really sounded good and I find myself especially doing drum design right now where I wish I had the overdrive pedal and the boost pedal and that sucks that I don't and I'm not about to go try to find them aftermarket because they probably cost six times as much now. So yeah, and that's something that in my sense, you know, I use overdrive a lot when when I'm doing that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to give a quick for instance, um, and this is something that we talked about in the private chat. But I I got it, and it goes back to talking about the the waiting times for order and stuff. Man, the ER301 is the god module. <laughs> Like yeah. that is the God module because the other day I, I, I did this drum. Uh, I set my, my modular synth, uh, the one off to the right is all drums and I set it up the way I wanted it, but because of the way I wanted it, there was a lot of distortion and whatnot and the noise floor was outrageous. Uh, so I needed a noise gate 
but I didn't want to use a rack noise gate. I want to use something that's in my Euro rack, like in that chain. And I built a noise gate using the ER301, and it took me like, seriously, it took me like five minutes. And I had it fully refined and everything um, even quicker than that. Wow. So just to give a, an example of that, uh, I'll show you. So if I bypass it, um, let's go ahead and bypass this real quick. Can you guys hear that now? Oh. The noise floor. Oh. Can you hear the yep. hiss? The hiss. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna engage it now. Yep. Drop significantly. Yeah. So I, and I made that in that thing like in no time like. Yeah. And now I'll turn it back on. And you hear just how much quieter it gets. And like, I'm telling you, the ER301 is like, man, that's my right hand, dude. <laughs> I can, I can just do whatever I need in that thing, man. I, I make, I make everything from delays, sample players, noise gates, compressors, you name it. Make it all inside that one module. It's just crazy. Yeah, that is a dope module. One day, um, I think you've done that kind of stuff, though, right? Have you done uh, streams dedicated to that module? I did um, I did one, and I meant to do uh, to do more. Um, but... What sequencer and what you just played? Oh, uh, two, two sequencers. Uh the Fluxus one was doing the, the melody, which is... Um... And the drums are over here. See if you can see it. Um, uh, see if I can mute it. Hold on. Uh, uh, that is... Boy, that pro, right? What's that? The Key Step Pro, or what do they call yeah, it? Yeah, so that's the Key Step Pro from oh, Arturia. That uh, that's not out yet, but it, it's coming along. Um, so, but look at my look stuff. at it, look at why not say he actually bought the mini Fugers because of my videos, and look at me, I don't even have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's saying you can get that boost for a hundred bucks. And see, that's the thing is like those those pedals are surprisingly for Moog, they're not overpriced. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Be. Like, and most that's of the why. stuff that Moog does, I'm always like, oh, I'm always humming and hawing about their stuff. Yeah. But those things were actually priced really, really aggressively. Yeah, they were. And they were dope. They actually, like, uh, they were real, like, it was a real bucket brigade delay, a BBD delay in that joint. Um, and that's one of the things that their bigger Moogafugers were kind of, known for and were praised for and they they did a, a small pedal of that it was pretty amazing i'll tell you what the those courses are going for good money now though yeah the, the, the delay is going for absurd money yeah it is <laughs> so you know what i mean it's it's kind of crazy man uh i used to kill that delay that delay is pretty incredible and they have a boost v2 so i don't know what's different between the v2 and the v1 yeah Hmm. And they have a so that, that's a good chorus. Another good recommendation for a chorus. 
Um, just FYI, there's somebody in the in the chat asking about it. So the other stuff would be like the um, what is it called? The Maleco stuff. Uh, there's some cool stuff. They got some cool distortions and whatnot as well. Yeah. So yo, um, I got another show scheduled on the books for next Saturday and the Saturday after that, so we could get started with this. Uh, and and actually got some other pretty cool stuff coming up that that I'm gonna try to do. I'm actually gonna start doing some one-on-one interviews with a couple of choice like producer or artist kind of dudes. Um, that people that may frequent my Instagram that we've been kind of uh, mutually admiring each other's production for years. I want to kind of talk to some of those dudes like one-on-one. So probably during this time that we all on lockdown, I'll get a chance to start some of that up and do just short 20 to 30 minute conversations. And then I'll uh, post it in a link to the, in the, the B-Boy Tech Report website. So look out for that. And uh, like I said, go to beatpeople.com and check out the the kits that's up there the latest kits are uh layers and what was the one before that i can't remember redux and what was before that dots dot matrix so yeah check those kits out get yourself some some good supply and yo pro tip if you follow beat people on instagram that's B-E-A-T-P-P-L uh, on Instagram. There is a, a code up there for a discount on uh, merchandise and, and sample packs on beatpeople.com. So, yeah, go check that out. I also have that Stillhouse sampler up that's free. Um, so you guys can go check that out if you go to shop.fluxwithit.com. I, I recently did a, a sample pack where... We went inside of a distillery out in Texas and sampled the actual stills and, and the barrel house and all kinds of stuff and, and made uh, some some uh, programs. And uh, so it, it's available in, in wave format and uh, I think machine format. Um, so you can go check that out too. If, if you're bored at home and you want some new sounds, you can go check that out. Um, and if you want to buy my mpc <laughs> you can go buy my mpc right there uh so it's the i think it's the cheapest one up on reverb right now uh go buy that but um and it still has the uh the little still has a screen protector on it man so you can go buy that joint uh it's up on reverb and and if you want if you know me personally or whatever and you feel comfortable contacting me directly we can do it that way and i don't even have to pay the reverb price i'm okay with that um, <laughs> Uh, payments still need to go through PayPal though, so you get some protection. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I ain't ripping anybody off. Trust me. Uh, well, they don't rip you off. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but if it's because I'm the iPad producer, I don't know if it's sent friends and family. I don't. I don't think that. I yeah, don't know. You, you 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 can school me on that later. But regardless, anyway, if anybody wants an NPC, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, Reverb probably is going to hunt me down. I actually met those guys. Uh, you and I both met uh, the, the dudes that owned uh, Reverb. Reverb, yeah. I guess since they've sold it to Etsy. Um, they made bank. Yeah. You know what's dope about Reverb while we're talking about them is that they're based in my beloved hometown of Chicago, and they're starting to get involved with people that um, are kind of like crew and that have been on the show. Um and so I like that they're involved. Reverb is actually involved in the beat making and synth community. 
Mm-hmm. That's what's dope mm-hmm. about them. Uh, they literally single-handedly made me stop using eBay. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, for real. I use I use that pretty much exclusively now. Like, I don't really mess with eBay too much. I, I use Reverb. Um, and I've I've sold a bunch of stuff on there, and I've bought a bunch of stuff on there. And, I yeah, I, I actually really enjoy it. Um, I like the idea of not doing – I like, I don't really like auctions to begin yeah. with. You know, I'd much rather have it be like set the price that you're comfortable with and if you want to have an offer, you know, set it, you know, make it available for an offer. But I don't want to deal with auctioning and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It can be a hassle. It can definitely be a hassle. But yo, man, uh, we're going to call it one. Shazam, you came a minute too late because we're about to be out. Everybody you- socially distance and, um, you yeah. know, be mindful oh, of others. Too. Yeah, like, you know, just be mindful of others and, you know, try to try to stay safe and and make lots of cool music you know and you know what ken um like i said we got we got a show scheduled for the next couple of saturdays but i'm open if you want to do you know one or two of these through the week i'm gonna try to get like a one-on-one interview or two going with some artists but if yeah i'll be around Um, i'll I'll be around i'm knocking out some some pretty important work uh in the studio that i think people are going to be really excited about when it drops um and i won't talk about what it is but when it drops you'll know what it is um so yeah uh yeah yeah once that stuff comes out man i think yeah cool all right peace thanks for joining see y'all later in the week that was my nixon thing (laughs)